We're going to take our Bibles and we're going to turn to Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. I don't plan on preaching a long message today. I know I say that often, but I really don't plan on it. Last service, it was about 28 minutes. So we'll see. They actually, that was the weirdest thing. At 9.35, no one was here. And then by 9.50, still no one was here. Because everyone's used to me getting out about 9.45 or 9.50, and so throws everything off. But today I thought, I'll give a nice Christmas gift and get done close to, we'll be done close to 11. Well, I'll say it that way. Unless, the, unless things change. And who knows? We'll see what happens. Luke chapter number 2, and we're going to read 20 verses this morning. It says in verse number 1, It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. I think it's pretty interesting and pretty amazing that God could take a taxing on the world to help get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, where it was prophesied over 500 years before Jesus was born that he would be born in Bethlehem. And God used a heathen king and a tax to get them where they needed to be. Verse number 2. And this taxing was made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary as a spoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Father, I pray that you bless the next few minutes. We need you this morning. I pray that you would guide us and help us as we look at the message of Christmas today. We love you and we praise you for Jesus, the fact that he came and dwelt and tabernacled here on earth for those 33 years and died 
for our sins and rose again and is now with you waiting to come and return. We praise you for that. We praise you for Jesus. And though the world today recognizes lots of things today, they miss the true meaning in you. We love you. We need you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The holiday season from Thanksgiving to New Year's is some of the most depressing times for people. You know, in fact, that the suicide rate during the year is the highest between Thanksgiving and the New Year, more than any other time throughout the year. It's very easy to get caught up in all the festivities and all the things that go on. Like some of you, how many of you have a meal that you're preparing for people to come over later today? There's some hands up, yep. I gotta go, we're going down to my parents later on today, and four of my five siblings will be there, and we gotta, we're gonna make breakfast when we get there, and somehow I get stuck in the kitchen every year. And I get stuck doing the important stuff, making the bacon. That's, that's the important job right there. And so, and when you have a house full of Pattisons, there's probably two or three pigs that went into that feast, I don't know. And so, but we'll get together. But there's a lot of things that go into it. But people get so caught up on what doesn't truly matter. Lights are nice, but they mean nothing. Trees, they're nice too, but they don't mean anything. A lot of people talk a lot about Santa Claus, snowmen, elves with pointy ears. And reindeer that have lights that light up the sky as they go. And they all have their own little names. And some of you know most of them. I don't know most of the names, but I do know the most famous reindeer of all. I know Rudolph. We love getting together with family. And I think that family is a wonderful thing. The fact, and you know, I look at... And the older I get, I honestly don't know how many more Christmases I'm going to be able to have my parents here. And I'm thrilled that I get to go spend some time with them today. And, that's a, and it's a thing, and I'm grateful that you get to spend time with family. But Christmas isn't about you spending time with your family, in all reality. It's about Jesus. And I want to just thank you, first off, for making an effort to be in church on Christmas morning. I am, there are those that just celebrate Jesus on Christmas and Easter. I like to call them the poinsettia and the lilies. You know, that's what they are. We don't do that around here. We celebrate Jesus every week. There's not, we don't skip. It's 365 days a year and 366 on leap year. And I'm grateful that you took the time to be in church. Um, I read an article this week from the New York Times. And yeah, I don't read the New York Times at all. I, you know, I, that's good fire. That's, that's good for the fire. Firewood, it's put the New York Times with that. L.A. Times, mix well with that. Good flames. That's about all that newspaper's good for. But anyways, and sorry if I found someone, if there's someone in here loves the New York Times, but um, you really need to get some reading. But anyways, um, they had an article this last week, a mockery at Christianity. But it's very true. This is what they said. You invite me, this guy is probably an atheist, he said, you invite me to go to church, you say how much you love church and how much you love God, but then you celebrate his birthday and you cancel church. 
and stay home. You're not really proving that Jesus is very important to you. That was an atheist that said that. And there are a lot of churches around that canceled church today. And there are a lot of people that didn't go to church, and I want to thank you for being in church this morning. We look, and what is Christmas all about? It's about Jesus. It's what it's all about. The fact that God became flesh and dwelt among us. The fact that the Son of God left the portals of glory to enter this. The King of kings and Lord of lords left his throne to come here. To a people that didn't even want him. To die for all those that should have to pay their own price. That's what it's all about. We look this morning, and you could go around our world today, and they would the message of Christmas is so many different things. Presents. Well, it is about one present, the gift that God gave to us. But whoever got this idea of giving presents to everyone under the sun, I don't know where that came from. Or this thing of giving all these baked goods to your pastor when he's trying not to eat all the baked goods. Shame on most of you. So many of you, I can't believe all the baked goods I have at my house. And then people make the homemade stuff. Then people give me stuff that's not homemade that is like, uh, I, it's, it's just wrong. I ran five miles yesterday just before I ate my meal that I made yesterday, and that didn't include all the goodies. My wife, a while back, Maria Fischetti made these Oreos that had white chocolate all around them, a thick white chocolate, and they're like my favorite thing in the world. And when you know, my wife goes down with my sisters and they do a baking day. And the first thing I was thinking is, don't bring any of that stuff home. They make fudge, red vines, and then they dip red vines in white chocolate, too. You can't go wrong with that. They, um, sugar cookies, and, you know, for me, a sugar cookie needs as much icing on it as it does cookie. That's the good balance right there. And some of you are like, that's too sweet. No, that's just about just right. And there's all these good things. I didn't want any of that stuff at home. And then, you know what? She had, she made me nine of those Oreos. I got those on Thursday. And I'd have you know, I finished the last one last night. <laughs> They're gone. But Christmas isn't about all the baked goods. It's about Jesus. I want to take a few minutes this morning, and I want to preach on the topic of the m- true message of Christmas. And as we look at this, number one, we're going to dive in. We see, first of all, this message is a message of rejection to begin with. We look down at verse number 7. The Bible tells us here, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a crib and laid him in a bassinet. Laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. As we dive into the message this morning, And we think about Jesus and we think about Christmas, the first message that we see is a message of rejection. When we think about this, we're not quite to letter A yet, Joe. Joe's thinking ahead for me there. He had too much eggnog last night, so we'll be there in a few minutes. How many of you like eggnog? Let's be honest. We got some eggnog drinkers in here this morning. And so I take my eggnog and I only get half and then I put milk in the other half and it balances it out. It's too thick without the milk in there to balance it out. And so that works out okay. Or there was an almond milk one that was pretty good, surprisingly. But anyways, so 
we got to quit talking about food and stuff like that, right? As we look here, we see the fact that the king kings, the Lord of Lords, is born for him to lay his head. Now, let's think for a minute. I get some things. This innkeeper, we don't know a lot about this innkeeper. The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about the innkeeper. We know there was no room in the inn, though. And I know all these people are coming to the city. It's not like they had hotels on every corner. And it's not like you can make a reservation ahead of time and get it all planned out. And we're going to stay at the inn in Bethlehem. I get that. And I'm sure the innkeeper was getting bugged and bugged by people just like some of you. How many of you waited to the last minute to do your Christmas shopping? Yeah, and then you're in the stores getting mad at all the workers there when it's not their fault that you waited till the last minute with all the other thousands of shoppers that are there. But I, I try, the past few days I've been in a few stores, and I try to be extra nice to the cashiers because you know people are not being very nice right now. That's just the way it is. And uh, so the other day, we had all our Christmas presents done way early. That's the way I do it. That way I'm done with it, don't have Caroline got this great idea that William needed a pair of shoes. And William's like, I want Nikes. When I take you and all, when I was a kid, we went to Kmart. And I had the Kmart shoes, or the ones I had. And they worked just fine. But nowadays, the Kmart, there is no more Kmart. The blue light specials aren't on anymore. But even Walmart, the shoes are expensive, right? And so the outlet, so I went to Ontario Mills on Thursday. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Don't ever do anything like that, okay? Just give you a little warning. So I'm trying to park there, and it's like, there is no place to park. So I'm like, well, praise the Lord, I get a few extra steps, and with all these cookies I've been eating, a few extra steps will hurt no one. So I go into the mall, and I get over by the Nike store. And I look, and I don't see anyone outside. I'm like, yes. I just walked a little to the other side, and there were people all the way out to the movie theater that they weren't letting in the store. And then I look in the store, and the line is all the way back in the corner by the shoes with people in the store in line. And you had all those people out there. So guess what? William didn't get the shoes. <laughs> I'm not waiting in that. I'll go after Christmas and get a better deal when the store has no line. But I can imagine that this innkeeper was getting bugged by people. Hey, I need a room. I need a room. He's like, I have no more rooms. I saw Caroline. I should have. I was going to put it on the screen this morning, but I forgot this morning. There was this meme that she had, and it was Joseph walking, and Mary's on the donkey, and they're riding through. And Joseph's telling Mary, I'm sorry, I forgot to get a reservation for us. And Mary's on top of the donkey, and she says, it's fine. And at the bottom it says, this is how to get a silent night. Anyways, and so I thought that was pretty funny. But um, I could see the innkeeper being completely flustered. I could see him having a bad night. But you tell me, a lady comes to, and comes to your door with her husband, and I know if someone came to my house and they're about ready to give birth, I'm going to get them to the hospital. Okay, but they didn't do that back then. So would you, if you have a pregnant lady and her husband, they're at the door. Um, we have no rooms. You can go stay in my garage. You'd be like, no. Most people in here would at least let them have your be in your house, in your living room, help them out. Hey, you can go be in my barn with my animals. 
And hey, I'll take care of you. I have this little thing that my animals. You can put the baby in there. That doesn't sound like a very good deal, does it? That's what this innkeeper said. I have no room. You can have this spot. Reminds me of the fact that in this world, there is no room for Jesus. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. We look and we think about the message of Christmas. We think about it's a message of rejection. You go out in our world today, and you go in public places, and I get asked to pray at times and places. I remember when I got asked to pray for the county supervisors meeting a couple years ago. And they're like, we want you to pray. And I called them ahead of time. And I'm like, well, can I pray in Jesus' name? Sure, you're fine. No problem. I get there, and as I'm getting ready to walk out, the person who's with me, they're like, you're not we're not allowed to pray in Jesus' name. I'm like, well, I, wasn't, I wouldn't have came then. Because I was told I could do it. Like, well, don't do it because blah, blah, blah. And so I went in, and I'm not going to tell you what I did. Say, did you did you not do what they told you to do? I will put it this way. I have never been asked back again. And I probably won't till who knows. But that's okay. But in this world, you can pray to God. But when you start mentioning the name of Jesus, a lot of people shut it down. Because the message of Christmas, it's a message of rejection. But I want you to think about this this morning. In that message, letter A, we see it's a message of sadness. No room for Jesus. No room for this baby to be born. Nowhere for him to lay his sweet head. I think about what happened when Jesus was there on the cross in John chapter 19. It says, but they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answers, we have no king but Caesar. When you have no Christ in your life, you have no joy. You have no peace. And we see this morning, as we start out the message of Christmas, we see it's a message of rejection, a message of sadness, letter B, a message of sorrow. You know what the world's missing today? Jesus. Hey, no Jesus, there's no peace. You don't know Jesus, there's no joy. Without Jesus, he makes all the difference. No Jesus, there's no hope. But if you K-N-O-W Jesus, then you know what peace is all about. If you know Jesus this morning, you know what true joy is all about. If you know him today, you know what true hope is all about. But I want you to know something, hey, those that don't have Jesus, they're going around. Those who've rejected him, it's a sad life. It's a sorrowful life. I don't know what I would do without Jesus. What would you do? Think about this morning. I've done, as a pastor, pastoring 12 years, I probably have done 10 weddings, and I probably have done over 100 funerals in 12 years. Way more funerals than I do weddings. It might also be that I in my weddings, one of the last ones I did, I actually called the groom the wrong name. <laughs> Say, how did you do that? My iPad didn't save the newest version of it. 
And so I'm like, Chris, do you take... And I'm like, oh no, that's Abraham, not Chris. Then the worst part was, at the end, I did it one more time in the same message. So there might be a reason why I don't do as many weddings as I do funerals. That could be part of it there. And don't worry, I've got that all fixed now. So if I ever do another wedding, we'll be okay. And I've done a few since then, and I get everyone's name right, so it's all good. But as I do these funerals, there have been a few where the family's as lost and could, as could be. They don't know Jesus. They, and they just wanted a church to do it, and they reached out, and I was willing to do it. They had no hope. No peace for their loved one. How do you go through a tough time without Jesus? I don't know. I'm so thankful I have him. And he's a part of my life. The Bible tells us in John chapter number 14, verse number 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. You know, that innkeeper that night was probably warm in his bed. Yet Jesus laid in a filthy, dirty feeding trough. Do you know the Bible tells us later on that when the shepherds went and saw him, they left with joy and it changed their lives. You never hear of this innkeeper ever again. Because the Bible makes it clear there in 1 John 5, 12, he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. True life comes by knowing Jesus Christ. As we look at the message of Christmas, we see number one, we see it's a message of rejection. Number two this morning, we see it's a message of peace. Hey, remember Joseph was trying to figure out in Matthew chapter number one, what am I supposed to do? My fiance's pregnant. Do I put her away? What am I supposed to do? And the angel came and said, fear not to take Mary as your wife. When, the, when Gabriel came to Mary in Luke chapter number 1, it says, fear not. Here we see a group of shepherds in their fields, which is probably the reason I don't think they were out there in December. Does that really matter? Jesus came, that's all that matters, okay? But if you really think he was born on December 25th, I don't think so, and that's okay. He came, that's all that truly matters. And maybe he did come on December. I wasn't there, so I can't tell you. And some of you look old enough to have been there, but no one in this room was there, okay? So we're all good. But when we think about those shepherds, they're just minding their own. They're in their fields. It's a dark night. They're trying to keep watch over their sheep, and all of a sudden this bright, bright light comes. Imagine this. And the Bible here, verse number 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around. Can you imagine the glory of God lighting up the sky and in this area? Man, this didn't happen to the innkeeper and those there in town. This was the lowly shepherds. These were the social outcasts. They were, these were the guys who couldn't go worship in the temple all the time like everyone else because of the unclean things they would touch. There would be times they couldn't go into the temple for a very long period of time. The outcast, those out there, Jesus came, the angel came to them. Isn't that a blessing? Jesus didn't come for the rich. He came for sinners. Aren't you glad about that? He didn't come for the most popular. He came for the outcast. Praise God for that. 
But as the angels were there that day, and the angel of the Lord's there, God's glory is shining. Look what the Bible says happened to these guys. They were sore afraid. And I would be too. It's dark outside, and all of a sudden, the glory of God is there. An angel is there. And what is the first thing the angel says? And the angel said to them, fear not. Hey, this morning as we look at the message, it's a message of peace. First of all, letter A, we see the message of Christmas. It's a calming message. Fear not. Think about what was said to Mary. Fear not. To Joseph, fear not. Jesus removes the fear. May I remind you today, we live in a world where they want you to fear everything. I don't know if you've been listening the past few days, but they're saying that in China right now, there are millions of COVID cases happening every day. And we got to watch out because there could be some strong new variant that's coming, building up the fear. We had an earthquake last week. I didn't even know about it. My mother-in-law calls. I saw there was an earthquake in California. I'm like, it's almost as far away from me here as it is you are from us. Oh, it's, that, yeah, it's good and far. It was, you know, way up north. But all we see, you turn on the news very long, they want you to fear what's coming next. People for the past few years, all they do is live in fear. Someone sneezes in the room and, if I don't breathe for 20 seconds, those molecules will pass me up and I won't get it. And then you pass out and hit your head. Something worse even happened. This world wants you to war. Is, what's going to happen with money? Inflation, all those things. Gas prices, all these things. Fear, 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 fear. But the message of Jesus and what Jesus has for you today, it's a message that says, hey, fear not. The Bible tells us in 1 uh, Timothy chapter number 1, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, it's one of those two. It says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God doesn't want you to fear today. And this world says, hey, fear, fear of death. Let me tell you something. At some point, we are all going to die. I'm sorry to have to tell you that this morning. But it's going to happen unless the Lord, re if the Lord returns before then, I'm fine with that. But it's going to happen. We have a beginning date, and we have an expiration date. God is the giver and the taker of life. I love what David said in Psalm 118, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? It's a calming message. The peace that Jesus can bring to us. Hey, this morning, church, we don't need to fear death. You don't need to fear hell. You don't need to fear Satan. You don't need to fear life. You can trust in a God today and have peace. You see this message. It's a message of rejection. It's also a message. It's a calming message. It's also, letter B, it's a salvation message. Look at what it says there at the end of verse number 10. It says, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Aren't you grateful for the gospel? How many of you are grateful for the gospel today? The good tidings of great joy, the good news. And aren't you glad? I love how it says there. Look at what it says. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to some people. Right? All people. That's what the Bible says right there. All people. 
when we look at this and we think about this salvation message, look at what it says. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We see the threefold picture of who Christ is. We see, number one, that he is the Savior. The deliverer, we see that there. It pictures him as the sacrifice. That baby, the, the shepherds were told by the angel, that baby that is born in Bethlehem, he's the Savior. Unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He's the deliverer. Jesus is called Savior. You know, people call him a great teacher, and he was a great teacher, a prophet. He did do a lot of those things. I want you to understand something. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, He would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, He would have sent us somebody good with money. If our greatest need was entertainment, He would have sent us an entertainer. If our greatest need was a military, He would have sent us a soldier. If, it, if our greatest need was justice, He would have sent us a judge. But our greatest need was forgiveness and deliverance, and God sent us a Savior in Jesus Christ. See, when we think about Jesus and the message of salvation, we see that He's the Savior. Number two, we see that He's Christ, the Anointed One. The Son of God. Literally, Christ means the anointed one. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, the anointed one. It pictures him as Christ, as the fulfillment of all the promises and prophecies beginning in the Garden of Eden. The seed of a woman will bruise the head of the serpent. Christ, Jesus, he's the anointed one. All those prophecies about a baby and all those prophecies about a deliverer and all those prophecies in the Old Testament, the anointed one, it was Christ those we're talking about. Thirdly, see the Lord. Jesus is not only our Savior, He's not only the anointed one, but He's the Lord. He's sovereign God this morning. He's the one to be served. He's the one to be worshipped. He's the one to be adored. You see, the message of Christmas... It's a message that this world rejects. But to those that receive it, it's a message of peace. It's a message that can calm us. It's a message that can save us. But may I also remind you that it's a pointed message. In verse number 12, look at what it says. It says, And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Do you see the angel pointed the way to Jesus. You're going to see a sign. And this sign, this is, this is the babe. Do you remember the day that you were given the message? The day that you were told, hey, I want to tell you what this book has to say. And this book pointed you to Jesus. As you read it or as someone shared it with you, it pointed you to the babe in the manger. Just like the shepherds were pointed to him. And let me just remind you as well, it was there's only one babe in that manger. And I'm sure, probably pretty sure that night, there were no other babies in any mangers and feeding troughs that night. That's not a normal spot for a born. And I know it looks so cute in the little nativity scenes and everything else. Oh, it's a cute little spot. It's a dirty feeding trough. Can you imagine there are animals all around? What do animals do? Yeah, they, they poop. I'm sure there was that all, 
do you think do you think that the innkeeper went in there and cleaned everything up and said, "Here, I'm going to clean. I pine salt everything down. Lysol everything. Everything's clean. You're good to go." That didn't happen. The king of glory born in this place. The pointed message. I'm grateful today that this message, and when we think about that, when we think about the fact that it's a pointed message, it is. Some people look at me and I'll talk to them, they're like, you're very narrow-minded and you think you're right. I don't think I'm right. And in fact, a lot of times I'm more wrong than I'm right. But I will tell you this, this book's always right. So if it says that Jesus is the only way, sorry. I don't care what everyone else tries to tell me or what they say. He's right. And he is the only way. And you will not get to God unless it's through Jesus Christ. So, well, that's just what you believe. No, that's what the Bible says. You can believe whatever you want and think whatever you want, but I believe what this book says, and that's what it says. So is the book a little narrow? Yeah. But if you want the broad way, you can go that way too. I wouldn't go down that road. We look at the message this morning, we see it's a message of rejection. Number two, we see it's a message of peace. And thirdly and lastly this morning, we see it's a message of praise. Look at verse number 13. It says, and suddenly, now just picture this with me. Not only do the angel, do the shepherds get an angel, the angel of the Lord and God's glory there, but now there are all these heavenly hosts surrounding them as well. And what are they doing? They are giving praise and glory to God for his son coming to bring peace between God and men. We think about this message of praise, letter A, we see the angelic message of praise. Look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Do you realize that when man sinned in the garden, man no longer had peace with God? That peace was broken. Jesus came to give us peace. And we see the angels cry that out. And when we think about the peace that they were talking about, we think about what Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Philippians 4, 6 be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The angels are proclaiming praise to God for the fact that it says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The angels left. The sky is dark again. What do the shepherds do? They heard this thing. They could have stayed in their fields watching their sheep. Or they could obey and go. Look at verse 15. It says, And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. As we talk about this message of praise, we see letter B, it's a message of obedience. They went. 
They followed the message they received. Man, what man needs to do today, they need to follow the message of the gospel and obey it. They need to take heed to what the word says. You're not going to have, and if you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are missing out on what true life is all about. But may I just remind you today, you're not going to have a host of angels come in front of you and proclaim it to you. You don't need a group of angels to come to you. You don't need one angel to come to you. You have everything written right here for you. It is God's instruction manual, God's word. You don't need the angel to come and tell you, it's right here. We need to just obey what it says to do. And the Bible tells us here that they obeyed. And I think about what Jesus, and I think about with Jesus, and as we come to him, John 4, 29, says, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Acts 16, 31, they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then John 6, 47, Verily, verily, I send you, he that believeth on me, hath everlasting life. Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you received the gift of salvation? You see this morning the messages of Christmas. You have those that reject it. It's a rejected message. It's a message of peace. And it's a message of praise. The angels gave praise to God for what he was doing through his son. The shepherds, in an act of obedience, showed praise as they obeyed and went. Letter C, we see that this was a message of opportunity. Look at what the Bible tells us when they got done. Verse 17, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So the shepherds go, the angels come to the shepherds, and the angels do these things, and they leave. And what do the shepherds say? Let's go see what they're talking about. Let's go. Let's go do this. So they leave, and they go. They go, and just like the angels said, there's a baby there in a manger. They see Mary, Joseph, and the baby. They spend a little bit of time there. And I'm sure Mary's like, I don't want any visitors right now. Leave me alone. I just gave birth. And what, he was the son of God, so it was probably a perfect birth. No pain, nothing. I, I doubt that's true there. But anyways, and we talked about earlier it being a silent night. There's no silent night with giving birth to a child. But anyways, you know, you think about that song, Silent Night, Holy Night. It was not a silent night. Trust me, I, my wife has given birth to four children. Not silent. And that's me. That's not even her. But anyways, <laughs> they see all of it. And when they leave... They don't just go back to their fields. You won't believe what I saw. Their lives were changed forever. And when their lives were changed forever, they went and told everybody they could find about Jesus and what he was and who he was. Doesn't that sound like what we're supposed to do? We get saved, we come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and we should be telling everyone in our world, hey, Guess what Jesus did for me? He changed my life, and he can change your life as well. And we think about, isn't that what Jesus told us to do? Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
Matthew 28, verse number 8, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. What an opportunity. And they told everybody they could. You know, that day as it ended, that innkeeper, we don't hear another word about him. In all reality, we don't hear another word about these shepherds either. But I, I'm probably guessing that the innkeeper, at least for whatever time, he kept running out rooms at his inn until his days were done. And I'm pretty sure that those shepherds went back to their fields and they kept tending to the sheep. Really, in all reality, their circumstances didn't change much. But something changed. The heart of those shepherds was changed forever. That innkeeper, his heart wasn't changed. In fact, his heart was hard. And he rejected the message. Those shepherds received it and went, and they glorified God and gave praise to God. And really, they became a new creature in Christ, I would say. You really don't praise God and go tell everybody about what God has done unless you know him. Just a personal thought there. As we think about these messages of Christmas, a message of rejection, a message of peace, and the message... What was that last message? It's, I had to nog last night. Well, the message of praise. Wow. I'm like, it's up here. It's somewhere up here. I was thinking this morning, last night we had our candlelight service, and we sang a lot in that service. And I preached there, and then preaching first service, and then now I was like, I was hoping my voice would hold on. I'm just glad I didn't eat that stoop. That was probably the issue. That would have been the issue for me. I'm glad I didn't. The message of rejection, the message of peace, and the message of praise. Where do you fit into the message? If you've rejected Christ, you will have no life and no peace. And life will never be what it could be if you would just know Christ. I'd beg you this morning that if you don't know Jesus Christ, that you'd make room and let him in. That you would follow what God's word says. In a moment we'll be done with our service. If you're not sure you're saved and don't know Christ as your Savior, come find me. Love to share the gospel with you and let you know the good tidings of great joy. And you could leave here knowing for sure heaven is your home. Not based on being in church or being a good person, but knowing and believing in Jesus.